Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy. I've pressed record, so away we go. So the last episode I did of this, which was already two weeks ago, which is, time really flies, I took a bit of a tour through some different venues in East London. I went to Love Shack by a train station in East London, the name of which I forget. I went to the Love Shack, then I went around the corner to see Bright Arms, and I walked up to Shacklewell Arms, and then I walked up to the waiting room, and I just captured some snippets of audio from the venue to give you, the listener, an idea of the atmosphere at each place. At those shows, funnily enough, I think Love Shack was pretty much sold out. Seabright Arms was packed because it was a birthday show and there were some free beers and free burgers. Shacklewell Arms, I think, was maybe two-thirds full, and then Waiting Room was similarly about two-thirds full. Tonight, I have again gone on a bit of a walk around East London to a bunch of different shows, but this time I actually got to talk to people at each of those shows. So, first I speak to Nick, who I first met after an open mic when I was walking home from the Reliance pub in East London. It's all about East London right now. It's the East London season, I guess. At some point I'll go to West and South, etc. But for now, it's East London season. So, I was walking home from an open mic, was walking past Old Blue Last, had my guitar on my back. Nick noticed it. We struck up a conversation just over that. And the first conversation is at Lion Coffee and Records, where I went to see Heavy Heart, who you might remember from one of my most recent episodes where I went to see them, but it turns out it wasn't them. This time it really was them. So I went to see them at Lion, at Lion Coffee and Records in Hackney, and Nick was right in front of me at the show. I saw him and thought he looks somewhat familiar. When we first met, I added him on Twitter, so I found his profile and clicked on the photo and thought, yep, it's definitely him. So he is the first conversation. Nick, at the Heavy Heart Show at Lion Coffee and Records. Lion Coffee and Records is a record store that also sells, you know, coffees and drinks, etc. Very small, it's like a living room. You can probably fit fit maybe 40 people, if, if that, as well as the band, depending on how big the band is. After speaking to Nick, I got to speak to Heavy Heart, although before that, a quick shout-out to Andreo, who I spoke to just off the mic, who tells me who's ma- he is making music, and Patrick and Anna from the band Heavy Heart are somewhat helping him out, and he described his music as, su- as placebo meets Kylie Minogue, which, if that doesn't pique your interest, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Placebo meets Kylie Minogue. I told him that's probably the only time those two have ever been brought together in description of some music. He he approached me because I was taking pictures of the guitar pedals that Patrick was using, and Andrea said to me he doesn't have a, a Fender heavy metal pedal. And then as we continued, which he said it's a really bad thing, you should have a Fender heavy metal pedal. Turns out Andrea doesn't have a Fender heavy metal pedal. So... We became friends pretty instantly. So anyway, I'm I'm drifting off here. So first I speak to Nick, then after I speak to Nick after Heavy Heart finished, then I speak to the members of Heavy Heart that played outside of Lion Coffee and Records. They played inside, but I speak to them outside. I speak to Craig who plays drums but on this occasion is playing synths. Anna who sings and plays guitar and Patrick who plays guitar and does backing vocals and I brought up the fact that I went to see them a couple of weeks ago but it wasn't them we have a good laugh about it good folks those people then while speaking to Nick he tells me that Blondie's is another venue in East London that I've always been meaning to go to because it sounds cool but it seems a bit out of the way all of these but this area of Hackney it's a bit of a walk away from a train station at least for me so I've always been a bit reticent to go there but I'm glad I did so after I speak to Heavy Heart I stroll further north down the same road to Blondie's. Now, Blondie's, which is my first time going there, the stage is right next to the entrance. There's even a sign on the door which says, please only come in 
in between songs. They were in the band who was playing. I don't even know who was playing, but they were in the middle of a song. So I waited. In fact, I didn't even go in. I just recorded the audio I could from outside the venue. But there was someone sat outside, and they said to me, "You don't need to go in there. Basically, outside is the best seat in the house." And so I got talking to them instead. Her name is Solution. She's from Sudan. She's lived in Hackney for about I think she said ten years, and she tells me a little bit about the history of the venue Blondies. I don't know if you can hear it too well because it was a very impromptu conversation. They all are, but I was literally trying to record whoever was playing inside Blondies, and then Solution started talking to me. So I thought, okay, let me talk to Solution instead. So that's the third chat. So first it's Nick, then it's the band Heavy Heart, then it's Solution outside of Blondies. Then I walked south all the way to Paper Dress Vintage, which is near, I want to say Hackney Central Station, I might be wrong. But I got there, I missed the bands. I talked to a couple of people from one of the bands who were called Wicket Keeper. And I was feeling a bit confident about the whole approaching strangers to talk thing. So I said to them, do you mind if I talk to you in my podcast? And they both politely declined, which is, you know, fair enough. So I went up, as you walk into Paper Dress Vintage, it's a vintage clothes shop. There's also a yoga studio, and upstairs is the live music area. I went upstairs, it was empty, it looked really cool, but there was just one person at the bar who I approached. It turns out he is Michael Buffalo, who is one of the owners of Paper Dress Vintage. So he is the next conversation on this. Then after that, I walked to Shackawell Arms, because Exploding Head were hosting a show there. Now, I last spoke to the people from Exploding Head, on episode 41 of this podcast and something I started using this podcast for quite a lot is when I think I've met someone before I'll type in on I do a search online saddest night out and then where I think I saw them so in this case I typed in or who I think I saw them with etc so I remembered I saw the people from from exploding head before I couldn't remember their names but I knew one of the bands that played when I last spoke to them were called mush so I searched real quick saddest night out mush and voila, one of the uh, one of the answers was Exploding Head, episode 41, at the Lock Tavern with Mush and Gay Girl and another band I've forgotten. But episode 41. So I went into Shackle Alarms. Again, I'd missed the bands, but I went up to the, the bar slash sound desk and said, are the folks from Exploding Head here? And the person I spoke to said, hey, Roy. I was like, oh, you remember me? I was like, yeah, of course I remember you. You spoke to us at one of our shows at Lock Tavern. So I got to speak to them again. They are Jack and Tim, the two people who helm the good ship known as Exploding Head. They talk about how they've left the Lock Tavern, moved to Shacklewell Arms, and just how business is in general for them putting on shows. And they are the last conversation I have. So first I speak to Nick at Lion Coffee and Records after Heavy Heart Play. Then I speak to the folks from Heavy Heart, Craig, Anna and Patrick, just outside of Heavy Heart, outside of Line Coffee and Records after their show. Then I speak to Solution outside the venue Blondies because I couldn't get in because a band is playing and you can't really get in while a band is playing. You have to wait for in-between shows. Then I speak to Michael Buffalo, who is one of the owners of Paper Dress Vintage. And then I speak to Jack and Tim from Exploding Head after their show at Shacklewell Arms. I'll talk to you for a little bit afterwards. It's a bit of a long episode, but I really enjoy these conversations, and I hope you will too. I'll catch you afterwards. Right, I press record. We are inside Lion Coffee and Record, of course, and I'm here with someone I've randomly bumped into before. What's your name? Nick. So what brought you here tonight, Nick? Uh, heavy Heart. I've heard them at least two or four times before, so... Uh... I'm very keen to hear him again. <laughs> How did you first hear about them? 
um, purely by chance, I just turned up to one of these uh, pub gigs and they were just there headlining and I was like, never heard of them before and um, after the show I just caught their name and uh, asked when the next gig was and I was like, wait, cool, like one of like small pub gig and just they were headlining, you didn't know who they were. How often do you go to gigs where you don't know who's playing? Ooh, um, it was more or less every two weeks or so when I was back in college, so back then it was just constant. Um, yeah. back, well, back in college? Yeah. So you're not a student now? Uh, not the moment, no. But you're still at, living at the time, life. yeah, it was just like all the time. <laughs> so how often do you go to gigs now then? Quite rarely. <laughs> yeah, I wish I went more often. It's, it's been like every couple of months or so. Are there any hit. particular venues that you frequently end up going to? Um, mostly the Old Blue Lost because they had some really good taste and they were just always on. You know, if you just wanted to go somewhere, you just check there and they were just like, yeah, always available, you know? And is it more common that you go to gigs of bands you don't know than bands that you do know? Yeah. I would just go for the kind of atmosphere and then seeing what new things I can get into because um, otherwise I just get stuck in listening to the same things over and over again. You know? I can respect the open-mindedness that you bring to go to Like, I, I do that as well. So when someone else does it, I'm like, pick up to you. So is there a certain sound or genre that you're more of a sucker for? No, not at all. I listen to everything. Like, I could listen from dubstep to country in the same day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Is there anything you hate? Then? Like, is there anything that within like a minute you're like, yeah, not for me, and would duck out? No, not really. No. I mean, it's more, it's more about like an individual kind of taste thing, like each song rather than like the genre. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's more about the moods and the vibes rather than the actual individual genre. So each song's different. Yeah. Who did you come here today with? Uh, my mum actually. She's never been to one of these before, so I was just like, "You fancy going to one of these?" Like, I know a band is playing. She was just like, "Yeah, you know what?" Is she based in London as well? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you got family close to you? On the side, yeah. <laughs> what about in London? North, east, south? Uh, she's in west. Yeah. West in west. Yeah. What about you? How about something? So you had to travel a bit to get here then? Yeah, yeah. Are there any venues like nearer to where you are that you tend to go to? Because again, Old Bilas is quite east. <laughs> I used to actually cycle to them all as well, so it was like cycling from west to east London would like catch me up. Um, now that's passion for yeah. new music if ever I heard it. Well, I mean, you know, only cost us calories and all that. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I hope so. you enjoyed tonight's show. Do you know what the next show you're going to go to is? Not at all. I, I wish I did. It sounds fun already. <laughs> so it's a kind of like the next time you get a free night, whatever free gig is on, you go and check it out. It doesn't even have to be, to be honest. Uh, I know my mate's throwing one um, on the 30th, uh, Cameron actually. He's, yeah. Um, yeah, Cameron Sanderson. He's actually a mate of mine I've known him for a long time, but I haven't really spoken to him in years. So okay. he's been getting into this music thing and he's actually really good. So I'm um, hoping to go to that one next. Oh, I, I have no doubt I'll bump into you again. Considering <laughs> we first met when I was finishing an open mic near Old Blue Last, I had a guitar on my back, and I think you just noticed that and said, do you make music? Yeah. And that's how I started talking. And it was just by chance I recognized you again. So I look forward to the trilogy of us bumping into each other. That'd be great. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your night, man. Thanks a lot. Go, I press record. So we are outside Lion Coffee Records. I'm here with the headline band from tonight. Together, they are Heavy Heart, but who are you individually and what do you do in the band? I'll start on my left. I'm Craig, so usually I play drums, but tonight I did. Uh, I was playing bass synth, um, stripped back, which is really cool. I'm Anna, and I play guitar and sing. I'm Patrick, and I play guitar and do BBs as well. Occasionally sing. <laughs> You're all really good tonight. This is my first time seeing you. It's not my first attempt to see you, because as I was saying earlier, I went to that show at Old Blue Last that said you were headlining. You weren't headlining. It was that French band who are also called Heavy Heart. So I spent most of the night being like, I don't see them. I'm sure they'll be here. I'm sure they'll be here. Gave it about two songs and thought, mm, 
maybe not. It's not for me. Because it has quite a heavy punk pop kind yeah. of sound. So, totally. like, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not the first time that mix up has happened. Well, it is, I think. Because, for a gig. Um, for a gig, yeah. Um, but I apologise for that. Um, we will guest this you for the next gig in, 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 in gratitude. Yeah, you yeah. will. Yeah. Of course we will. That's the journey right there. But tonight was a fantastic show, so it makes up for it. So, when did Heavy Heart begin? When did this five piece normally? normally so, when did the five officially come together? Well, the five officially came together, um, well, four years ago? About four years ago, yeah. Um, we started out actually not unlike what we did tonight, we started out quite low key, um, just with a few songs, and then we, we, we wanted to do a full live band. So, yeah, about four years ago, and then, but really for the last sort of two, three years, we've been gigging properly like this and, and putting out music and stuff so it, it was a sort of a gradual you know yeah. slope up to what we do now sure. it took a long time to work out actually how we wanted to sound and stuff like you know we we did like a, a really like a tape EP that uh, Anna produced it was very much like at that point it's kind of your solo project really yeah. to a degree you know like and um, well like certainly you and James who's not with us today like uh, Anna's brother is guitarist in the band so they kind of started Heavy Heart and then we came in uh, yeah a couple like three years ago so yeah has it always been in London or did you all start somewhere else and move to London it's always been based in London um, these, these two guys are originally from Sussex um, but uh, Patrick and I got to know each other when he was at university in Goldsmiths in uh, New Cross and that's like where I'm from so we sort of met it was yeah based in South London basically and um, yeah that's kind of where most of our most of our activities happen yeah. still <laughs> South London is yeah. the hub South for London you guys is the hub, yeah. so it started off Anna mainly with your, your project yeah. and others came in is it still that way when it comes to songwriting not so much we've, we've you know we do collaborate now and I think we're, we're doing that more and more and I want to do that more and more um, it was really only the first few songs where it was just songs I had and just thought we could do a band around this and then from there on it's been like yeah I'll have a fragment of an idea but we'll we'll build on top of that um, in the studio so yeah for sure I mean like yeah we've done a lot of writing like uh, in yeah in situ in the studio um, and actually but a lot you know a lot of the songs do originate with Anna like she'll kind of have the crux of a, of a song together we're just kind of embellishing it and turning it into something bigger you know? I think of it like a skeleton and then you know, you put, you, there's lots of other elements to a human yeah. body. Yeah. Craig's, Craig's, Craig's the muscle, and I'm, yeah. I'm the fat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 has that informed your songwriting process to this point? Are you still keeping to some kind of schedule like that? No. I think, I think we'll never do that ever yeah. again. <laughs> it, it definitely did. And it was a really good um, sort of like personal challenge to, because we were literally writing, recording and releasing in that, within one month. Yeah. So it, it, it made us get really disciplined. But at the end of that, that 12 months, we were so tired <laughs> that we haven't done it again. And, and actually, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not, not necessarily in a bad way. Just... <laughs> It just, we just had to catch our breath but I think it's something that we know how to do that now so yeah. hopefully you know when we come to do a, a proper album or you know an, an intentional album we would get in the studio and we'd be able to work quite quite sort of like diligently yeah. on that Definitely. especially if the clock's ticking and the money's ticking yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> as is often the case <laughs> yeah. so do you are you thinking that far ahead about when you'll record the proper album and where and with who etc or is it still more immediate it's, writing now and then and playing I, shows I think at the moment we're still kind of 
kind of working out exactly how we want to do stuff like in terms of bigger bigger release we haven't got any plans specifically but like I think we want to we want to try and have another record out in the next year or so yeah I think that's the it's an ambition that's the, that's the kind of over the overarching idea but nothing's nothing set in stone yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing officially announced on this podcast damn it no excuse <laughs> no, no excuse <laughs> next though <laughs> and tell me a bit about South London because I get the impression it's a little bit of a, not just for you folks, but in general, a bit of a hub of live music and bands happening there. Is there any particular ingredient that lends itself to that? Is Goldsmith a good factory for churning out? I think so, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, I I, I did the popular music course there uh, that has spawned so many amazing acts, you know, like, I mean, like, one of them being a band that we, we actually supported the band, a band called Another Sky a few weeks ago. Who also Goldsmiths graduates, you know. That was the week after the gig I tried to go to when you went there. And then I found out about that gig and it was sold out. So I had a great history. (laughs) Big band, big (laughs) band. Guesses, we will get you guesses, promise. promise. But you were saying, so they're from the same kind of neighbourhood as you folks. Well, from from the course that you did. Yeah, exactly. I think think Goldsmiths is a big one that keeps interesting bands coming through the area, and particularly with New Cross. Um, I mean, I actually grew up in New Cross and I think there is a grassroots um, music scene there, even outside of the Goldsmiths thing yeah. that kind of exists alongside um, I think part of it is that for a while South London South East London in particular was a bit ignored so those kind of areas tend to have to build up their own thing um, so you get quite a self-contained feel and it almost has its own like town feeling to it um, so I think I think that's part of it especially before they uh, opened up the overground yeah I mean, then it was super oh, awesome yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Newcastle yeah, no one's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people would be like oh the venue that's all they knew of it but in a way that was good because I think that helped it to uh, become self-sufficient um, yeah but yeah I, I know it's quite it's relatively cheap to live around there so I suppose you get you know affordable for people who are, who are well, like it was yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, yes, maybe yeah. less too true yeah, yeah. yeah you've got to move a bit further out but that, I, would, I would say that's it um, and there is quite a good musical history there if you, if you delve around amongst the you know, yeah, I like to check it out. Yeah. Like I've never been to this venue before, so as well as getting to see you folks, it was a chance to see a venue I've never been to before. Same, yeah. So New Cross is also that area in general. I think it's Five Bells. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. down there, yeah, yeah. and Great somewhere spot. else I can't remember. The New Cross Inn. Yeah. Five Bells is a good one. I'll put them on the list. Maybe I'll catch you guys and another sky there. Who knows? Maybe the drink will too. And the French one as well. Why not? Just throw them in for help. On a personal note, because I make music as well, and I finally got a drummer, bassist, and guitarist together. I've just made the WhatsApp group, and I've sent out the first few messages saying, hey, folks, but I'm kind of like, how do you toe the line between, let's have some fun, but we need to meet at this time and get this done. How do you, like, when when all of you got together, were you all on the same page as let's really make something of this? Did you have to lose a few members who are a bit too laissez-faire about it? <laughs> Did someone have to kind of like crack the whip and be like, look, folks, this is the next rehearsal. Be there, you're out of the band. Sort of. I mean, I, I guess I am the kind of de facto manager in, in, <laughs> in the sense that there was self-managed. <laughs> I know, yeah, self-managed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, no, everyone, everyone from, pretty much from day one was like, yeah, let's try something. I think that's fair to say, actually. I mean, we've all in, individually and together done different musical projects together. Um, so everyone's very dedicated as, as a musician and very into like working for the song and working for the project and all that stuff. So actually, there's, it's never been difficult. I mean, I think, and you're probably probably finding it too the, the logistics of organising four or five people yeah. is always hard but that would be difficult if it was a five-side football team or if it was a yeah, you know totally. I mean I think I think that you have to not you have to allow for that 
because um, okay. you have to have you have to work you have to do other things and you know I think particularly now we're in a situation where bands don't really give up their jobs for quite a long time into their career if at all yeah. and you can make it work for sure but you know obviously that requires some scheduling so yeah. um, you know but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely one for the for the kind of like extreme messaging of like right I need to know now can you do it can you do it well the main thing yeah. is communication yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. as long as you're like you know constant in the way that you, you know keeping keeping up to date with each other and like yeah. you know keeping everyone on the same page shared with calendar stuff. is good shared calendar yeah. is very good yeah. uh, you know a Facebook yeah. group all good, all useful. All these things, yeah. Shared calendar is definitely good because then people can say if they're away. And, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of admin. I think yeah. actually, it's, it's I'm not, embracing myself. It's no one tells local. you about that. When they you don't. Know. You don't think about Keith Richards and Mick Jagger doing admin. Yeah. <laughs> Probably they didn't. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sex and drugs and admin. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. Not really. quite. Not quite. No. I love a bit of admin. I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you. Exactly. <laughs> thank you all very much for your time. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your night. Until next time. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Cheers. Fantastic. That's the and best you? My name is Roy. Say Roy? Roy. Wow. 
I live in Barking, so like. Uh, oh, why are you why are you here then? Because I've never been Barking? here. I came to see you. You solve Should problems. Barking is so far. <laughs> it is. It's Maybe a you get a ticket train. A bus and a train and walking. I've got a long journey. My God, I think you're blessed. <laughs> no, you truly are blessed. You, you too. Okay, Enjoy good. the rest of your night. You're blessed. <laughs> see you later. See you Okay, I'm upstairs in paper dress vintage. The bands have finished, but still a bit loud. I'm here with one of the owners of the place. What's your name? Michael Buffalo. So when did paper dress vintage start? Paper dress vintage opened about 12 years ago down in Shoreditch. Uh, it started off just as a vintage clothes shop. And then increasingly we had parties happening. And then it kind of snowballed into us just becoming a live venue seven days a week as well. So you have live bands every day of the week? Every single day. So who is it someone's full-time job to find bands to play? Yeah, so we have Steve Dix, who's our booker, who um, he, he searches the, the world for different styles of music. So we're, we're, we're I mean, tonight it was a bit indie. Uh, we have Afro beat, we have like 20s jazz, 50s rock and roll. Quite often with the theme of a kind of retro thing, because it's a vintage shop. Yeah. But yeah. Often local acts, international, what's the ratio there? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. I mean, we get a lot of acts from Hackney. Um, also, if we're doing like a blues night, quite often we'll get a band up from the States. Um, we do, uh, we take part in the uh, Americana Festival every year. So we bring over a load of bands from the States. Uh, doing anything from like Delta Blues to Country and Western, all the all the all the music. <laughs> so it started in Shoreditch. When did it move to Hackney? It moved here. It moved to Hackney about three years ago. Any um, reason? Shoreditch um, became what Shoreditch is right now. Um, yeah, the, the, the kind of the city kind of moved up Shoreditch High Street, and mm -hmm. and yeah. So you had to find a safe refuge had, Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Had had find somewhere that um, you know the cool kids would come to, rather than the city boys corked up. So <laughs> having, to, having lived through that cycle where something goes from being the cool spot to not so much anymore, do you envisage that in this area? I think it'll take quite a while for that to happen in Hackney Central. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of gentrification happening here. But I think it's been doing much more sensitively than it was in Hackney. Oh, in and, and, sorry, sorry, in Shoreditch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you been involved in live music anywhere else? I've, I've run live music venues for about 25 years. I used to run Madame Jojo's in, in Soho. R.I.P. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. And then uh, the Buffalo Bar in Highbury, Islington. Uh, I was there for about 15 years. And then came here after that place closed. Who's the biggest name you can drop of like a band that's played with you before? Um, I mean, I guess the biggest touring bands uh, would have been Coldplay. We had them play very early on, and um, Ed Sheeran played for us. Um, Suicide from New York, original New York punks. They played uh, their first gig in 15 years. They played for us. Um, yeah. Quite, uh, and then DJ-wise, we had like people from the New York Dolls. We've had Julian Lennon. 
a few, a few yeah. decent names. Quite a few. So, in all your time doing live music in London, for new artists, is it easier now or tougher now than it was then to get their foot in the door? It's, it's an interesting thing, you know, with the collapse of the, the, the record labels, uh, with, with the advent of streaming and stuff, it's much easier for bands to get their stuff out on Spotify and, and be heard. But I think for them to actually make money, it's much more difficult now. It's much more difficult, um, which is a double-edged sword. It means you have bands who are just in it because they love making music and it's not a careerist thing, but also these people should be making money. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, so when we uh, put nights on here, uh, we don't take any money from the door. It's just a straight split that go, all goes to the bands. We, we, I mean, it's a small venue. It's 110, 120 capacity venue. Um, any money that we get, we give directly to the bands because... Because you know, you're one of the good ones. Because they do why. the work. Because they do the work, man. And, you know, um, you know I, I, I sell beer here. Um, uh, but, you know, they buy instruments. They rehearse. They have to pay for rehearsal rooms. Yeah, they should be rewarded. So how far into the future are you booked up as far as gigs are concerned? Um, I would imagine we're fully booked up till June, July. And then, and then we've, got, we've already got stuff in for the rest of the year. But yeah, there's, there's a few little vacancies. And I'm guessing there's a link or something on the website if you want to play here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, paperdressvintage.co.uk. Uh, and it's got all of the information to all of the businesses that we do here. So we, I would say it's a vintage clothes shop, we have a yoga studio, there's an art gallery downstairs, a hair salon and a hot desking space. Awesome. So, and when you're off the clock, do you regularly check out live music as well? And if so, where do you tend to go? Um, at, at the Lexington. Uh, it's, it's a great venue. Um, Kind of anywhere that there's good stuff. I mean, the Moth Club just around the corner from us is a great venue. Occasionally, the Oslo. Um, anywhere that there's good music. And it's, it, generally, it's smaller venues that I'll go to um, rather than your big. Your O2s and your, your O2s yeah. and stuff like that and your Carling Academies. Because they're awful. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. No problem, man. No problem, man. <laughs> I said somewhere between. I said somewhere between Witch Fever and Strange Cages, and I think we was. That was kind of exactly where we where we found ourselves. So I'm in the Shackle Arms with the people behind Exploding Head once again. What are your names, please? Uh, it's Jack. Uh, I'm Tim. You were just describing how the night went. So it sounds like you have a scale of other events. Uh, well, which you know, kind of judge. I mean, all the nights are good. <laughs> oh yeah, first of all, of course, of course, uh, all the nights are we good. Don't, we don't judge. It's just always. I mean, I guess when you do something like this, nobody wants to put on the party that nobody comes to. I suppose. But um, luckily, that very rarely happens. And it was a good crowd. Like you know, it was a good crowd. We've had. We did Witch Fever in January, and literally from the first band, which was Scatley there. I mean, I came in late. I was in, I was interviewing a band for enough downstairs. And I opened the door at the shackle and you got couldn't get in. <laughs> you, you, I, was like, I, I, I looked across and you were just like, <laughs> and that, that was like the first week. That was like the first Wednesday in January. It was January, yeah. Right. Wow. So, so yeah. you know, you never quite know how it's going to go, but it was. We, we had a feeling. Three really good bands tonight. And also, we, we have a sort of like, we obviously put the events on Facebook, and as as hard as we try, I think we still both get sucked in a little bit by Facebook 
responses. So yeah. like, you know, some shows you get, I don't know, 100 responses. Yeah. Some shows you get 150 and yeah. you try to not yeah. Yeah. sort of like, you know, go down that, that sort of hole of just like, oh, exactly. but you do kind of. But then also to add to that, we also have to, we release like a certain amount of tickets on Dice uh, just through the venue. Is a very good ticketing app, yeah. and at 6 p.m. on the night, we get the breakdown of how many tickets. And it's obviously free tickets, so like you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of not not a precise amount, but it's always that kind of moment of like when the email comes through, you're just like you open it up, just like. Oh, <laughs> but it was a good number tonight. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good night. I mean, it's a wicked night. I mean, like um, really good to get ugly down um, and like Scrig. It's a wicked band from Brighton. Not then, Squid. No, not Squid. Squid with a G. Squig. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Good band of Brighton. Was, Definitely going to see those guys play. And then obviously nothing is as well to start. So it was. I mean, it was a good lineup. Good night. Good crowd. It's good. Isn't it? I'm, I'm sorry, I All missed good. it. But I'm glad. Yeah, I got to, I'm glad I got to bump into. I'm also very glad that you remember when we last spoke. Of course, man. Yeah. Which was back in uh, the, the lockdown. Everyone. I think it was June, May, May. So what's new since then? Um, well, got a banner. Yeah. Looking very nice. <laughs> it's good. I only got those two t shirts left. We've only got two t shirts left. So you're going to get one. Um, we're at the Jacob Alarms. Uh, so this new... is the new home? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. When um, did it become the new home? And, well, the lock, when the lock closed, which is in August, and then they offered us a slot here. And, uh, you know, it's. Yeah, they offered us October to move here, but we just kind of decided. Yeah. So uh, uh, August at the lock. As well as being our last show there was also our first birthday, so it was our twelfth show in a row, and we just sort of like, you know, we got told two weeks before that gig that the lock was going to be closing. It was going to be our last one there. They offered us the Shacklewell straight away, but sort of said we might not have a date for you until maybe October, and we both just kind of were like. Maybe we just like should we just just have a few months of just yeah. like but we you know we had all great intentions of booking bands in advance and we were sort of yeah it was all like and but, but we'd, we yeah we kind of got behind a little bit with some of the mm. recordings and the shows because obviously that's a huge part of what we do it's not just yeah. putting on the gig but I mix the whole set Jack does this radio show and we play songs on the ra- and we we got a little bit of kind of behind with. We, we kind of got to the point where we were almost like six, seven, eight months behind putting out a show for a band that had played for us. And it's, yeah. I think we were starting to find that bands had almost kind of forgotten about us by the time that we were playing. Yeah. No, 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 like a band. No, 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 no we're just, just yeah. you know, a band does a gig and then you contact them eight months later and you say, hey, remember that gig you did eight months ago? Well, here's the recording. And they're just like, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, you know. So I think, you know, we kind of, We've sort of used that time to get back almost sort of mm. on track. And I mean, we're, 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 track we're kind we? of like yeah. a month, a month or so yeah. behind Six weeks, six, yeah. six weeks yeah. behind yeah. So from doing the gig to putting out the show, which I think is a much yeah much better time. It's, 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 it's more exciting for everyone, I guess. Yeah. Cause, so it's still yeah. business as usual, it's recording good. the shows, yeah. online yeah. radio, yeah. podcasts. Yeah. And lots of people, I mean, it's good, lots of people interested in it, lots of people coming down, lots of bands contacting us, it makes it easier, you know, people... Come to us with interesting ideas. So no, it's really good. I mean, it's you know number seventeen. We've got big plans. We're going yeah. to South by Southwest yeah. next year. <laughs> That's a plan. Yeah, of course. In there. Jack's already. <laughs> yeah. Jack's we're promised sort of me yeah. we're going to have a stage. Yeah, a it's official. It's on tape it. now. It's on tape now. So just want to put it on record. Yeah. 
So we are going to have our own stage at South by Southwest yeah. next year. Um, maybe in collaboration with you know some good record labels. Yeah. But we're doing it. What about that? Isn't there something in Brighton that's kind of similar? The name of which has completely escaped me right now. Uh, there might be Great Escape. Great Escape. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. That's what like May time I think. End of end yeah. of end of May. But is it a washed out festival, isn't it? Washed is out. It's that this weekend, I think. Which is yeah, which Anton Anton yeah. from Dits, who we uh, are in quite regular contact. Yeah, good promoter um, down in Brighton. If you head down to Brighton, <clears throat> Anton plays in Dits. Plays in Dits. Manages demonstrations. Yeah. Puts on a ton yeah, of yeah hot wax promotions. Is it? I think. Is it? Yeah. Might be. Anyway. That's have you folks been to Brighton for an extended period of time before? Uh, well, I lived there for yeah. like four years. So yeah. Is there much of it? It was a long time ago. Was Brighton versus here. What's know. the vibe? <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's hard for us to say because... It's, it's, weird. it's Brighton, weird because man. we've put on... I think we've had maybe two, two gigs in the last, I want to say, like six months that have not included the Brighton band on it. So we've had one tonight. Yeah. Strange cages last month. We've had something leather in January. Oh, something leather. That was one I December forgot. Earlier. was no, wasn't November. Wow. Did we have a Brighton band in November? Maybe not. No, maybe but not. We've had Dits, Beach yeah. Wire. So it was an amazing happy couple. Yeah. yeah. So we've had almost Scrooge. all, yeah, all bar maybe two or three in the last six, six, seven months. So I think Brighton invasion. So we really good, good bands. But, but really then interestingly. Whenever you talk to a band from Brighton and you ask them, oh, God, the scene in Brighton must be amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of them are just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of guru as well. Oh, guru, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I, but that's kind of what it's like because I lived there. Like I said, you know, back in the day, about 10, 11 years ago, I lived there. And it's quite a small town. And I think you just always presume that other places are better, I think. And I think that's yeah. maybe one mm. that kind of when you have conversations with these bands that come through you're kind of like we, we, we wax lyrical about the scene because we just keep coming across these bands yeah, like yeah. more and more yeah. bands in this from Brighton we're just like oh my god it like, must be amazing April we've got a band called Public Deal I want to say I can't quite remember but they're from Brighton so we've got it's carrying on so they're the healthy tradition continues yeah, yeah. yeah. we've got bands in Bristol as well actually next month which is yeah. a first as well yeah. we're definitely branching out yeah and lastly do either of you have experience of putting on shows before Facebook landed? <laughs> or do you only know, like, promoting uh, in the age of social media? Sort of, yes. Just about on the cusp. I've been doing it that long. What was it like back then? I was, yeah, well, class is a zenial. I've found this out. I'm not neither millennial or oh, a generation X. It's a small zenial. So it's when you can remember the world before the internet. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, I guess... Do you know what? It wasn't that much different. Or you just didn't know, you couldn't see who were coming. But as we talked about Facebook before, for us, yeah. you're never really sure. You can say a lot of people are coming, a lot of people can't. There's a, yeah. lot, of, there's a lot of guff on Facebook, isn't there? So, yeah, Does it feel like more of a chore to have to post on there? Or is it the same no, I think like, it's better. I, think, I, prefer I think it's definitely you're better. More it's more interactive. You feel more in control of it. You don't have to get polite, spend money printing flyers yeah. that people just throw on the floor. Yeah, no, nah, it's better. It's I better. think the pro, <laughs> the pro of it is... Yeah, you can reach so many people so quickly. Yeah. Even someone who clicks that they're interested in the event and doesn't end up coming, yeah. it still shows up on their Facebook, so they might then, you know, bring another ten people who might not have even seen the event see it on theirs. But then the con, I guess, is like we were saying earlier about when you start getting into the kind of mindset of looking yeah. at Facebook numbers and trying to then use that as a definitive mm. 
well, we've had 150 people respond to this, so you know, that's really good. Or yeah. we've had 50 people respond to this, so not so good. Because I think, yeah, in the 18 months or so that we've been doing it, you do just start to realise that 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 literally it literally counts for nothing really take like, a, a hefty pinch yeah of totally we've yeah. you know we've had gig, we've had gigs where we've had like 60 responses and 150 people have turned up and then likewise you know a gig that 100 people have responded to and like 30 40 people have come to and you're just you're standing there on the night just like <laughs> but the numbers what like it's just like yeah, I just I what there's no sense yeah, there's it no makes sense. no sense and you just have to kind of accept it and, and yeah. kind of go yeah. with yeah. it but, but it's looking like Shackle Arms is the home for the foreseeable future absolutely I it's mean this is where we want to be it's a, it's a great place perfect for the music we've on nice people yeah, yeah great place and we've seen I think a, we, we've seen a real an increase in the uh, interest from bands mm. since moving here I think it's just the package everything yeah. that we did previously added to the fact of it's a gig at the Shackwell you know those two things combined I think really kind of helped us fantastic well thank you for fighting the good fight and love to see you again I look forward to the next one take care thanks and that was that thank you again to Nick and Nick's mum who also came to the show who I think he mentioned in our conversation I can't remember thank you to Craig Anna and Patrick from Heavy Heart and I will hold you to that offer of guest list for missing you twice twice I missed that band I tell you the things I do for this thing anyway thank you to Solution for talking to me outside God bless you too that was a really fun chat thank you to Michael Buffalo for being so candid to a complete stranger but it was a really interesting conversation and I really appreciate the efforts he goes to to support live music thank you to Jack and Tim Exploding Head I'm very touched that you remembered me from our last conversation and I hope the conversation we just had won't be our last conversation also, thank you. Hello to Ken, who I spoke to on episode 109, which was after the waiting room where I saw Amethyst. I take a walk down what I think is called Stoke Newington High Street Road, heading towards Dalston Junction Station. I walk with Ken, who was the sound guy for that show back on episode 109. He was the sound guy for this show at Shacklewall Arms with Exploding Head. And I said, Ken, right? And he said, hey, Roy, hi. I remember I listened to our interview. I said, oh, thank you so much. That was a really cool chat. So hello to you as well, Ken. Thanks again for letting me talk to you. And thank you to Heavy Heart for their advice with regards to starting a new band. Since recording that conversation, everyone in the group chat has replied. The bassist of the band is Sean, who was on episode 121 of this podcast at The Reliance after one of the open mics. That was the first time we ever met. And he came back to one of the open mics a couple of weeks ago. And again, I saw him, but couldn't quite remember his name. So I searched Saddest Night Out Reliance online. And eventually I found the episode where I spoke to him. So when I approached him, I could say, hey, Sean, good to see you again. And yeah, now hopefully he'll be playing bass in my band. And I will hopefully be playing drums in his band. It's all coming together, folks. The dream is finally coming true. Anyway, I am on the verge of being late for tonight's open mic. So thank you very much for listening. If I get to tonight's open mic in good time, I just might talk to some people at tonight's show because I'm I'm feeling back in the groove of this. Last night was really, really encouraging with the way everyone was so willing to talk to me. And the conversations that were had as a result, I, I'm i just really grateful to everyone I spoke to. And yeah, on to the next one. Hopefully it won't be another two weeks before I'm back on this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I will catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, take care.